Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome, friends, to our last installment of our talk about Romans chapter 4. Fooled you there, didn't I? Not our last installment. we got a long way to go, but wow, have I enjoyed Romans chapter 4 and the case that the Apostle Paul makes about how we're justified by faith, not by works, and how all of us, Jew and Gentile alike, have access to the salvation that God offers in the masterful way by which the Bible demonstrates that. Not just in the New Testament, not just the claims of great theological books like Romans or Ephesians or Galatians, but way back in Genesis chapter 12 and tucked away in Psalm 32, and we could talk about Isaiah chapter 53, and we will today. I mean, the gospel is just littered throughout the Bible. Now, look at Romans chapter 4. And uh, we finished yesterday in verse number 17, where the Bible says that God quickens the dead. He makes alive that which is dead. He can bring hope when there is no hope. And he calleth those things which be not as though they were. I love that. that. That God can declare something about something that you say, that's not even true yet. That That hasn't even happened. But if God said it, it's as good as having taken place. And that was certainly true when God told Abraham, you're going to have a, you're going to have a son. Now, everything argued against that. Circumstances argued against that. His age argued against that. I mean, how in the world have you ever gone to visit a nursing home facility as I have and maybe done some singing or preaching or visiting and you see some of these uh, weathered old folks in wheelchairs and wrinkly and dentures. And I mean, I'm not saying that that's what Abraham looked like or Sarai, but I am saying they were old, a hundred years old and 90 years old respectively. And you just don't expect for people that age to be saying, Hey, we've got good news. Uh, it's a boy or I'm due, or I've got that glow about me. I mean, what's happening here is miraculous. And watch what it says in verse number 18. This is Abraham's response to God's declaration that he would be the father, not just of a bouncing baby boy, but that he would be the father of many nations, uh, that uh, through his seed, there would be millions upon millions of people. So watch verse number 18. Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope. So in other words, when there was no good logical human reason to believe what God said, he believed anyway. Why? Because the character of God and the veracity of the word of God were much greater in their sway than the circumstances that argued against it. In other words, Abraham put far more weight on the Word of God than he did on the circumstances that you and I would say, no, that's impossible. I don't believe that. Uh, That's just fancy thinking. There's no way. No, Abraham 
believed God. Do you see why God accounted that for righteousness? The Bible says in verse number verse number 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So it wasn't that God gave Abraham all kinds of information. Now, what God said was very clear. You're going to have many, 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 and innumerable offspring. That that's You're going to have nations born out of you. So it was very clear what God said, but God didn't give a whole lot of details. He didn't say, okay, now here's how it's going to happen, and here's how long it's going to take, and here's what nations I'm talking about. And he didn't give any more clarification. He just st- God just stated the fact to Abraham in no uncertain terms, and Abraham believed the simple declaration of the Word of God. See, it's not God's obligation to explain to you how. We, we want God's declarations with God's explanations. And that's not always the way it works. God doesn't always explain what he declares. And our job is to trust by faith what God declares. Why? Because God, if God did explain it sometimes, would we believe it? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And an explanation, uh, unnecessary, uh, it's unnecessary to the to to the honoring of the promise, and sometimes it's superfluous because we wouldn't believe the explanation anyway. If you're not going to believe the declaration, you're not going to believe the explanation. I think that Abraham said that very thing to the rich man in hell. Remember the parable there in Luke chapter 16, or the story rather in Luke chapter 16, where Abraham said, "Well, if they don't believe Abraham." If they don't believe that the, the the scriptures, Moses and 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 the prophets, if they don't believe the scriptures, they won't believe the one were raised from the dead. In other words, if if your brothers on earth won't believe the simple declarations of scripture, they're not going to believe this added revelation of somebody risen from the dead. And I, I see the same principle here that God made a simple declaration, and that simple declaration. That simple promise is what Abraham put his faith in. Look at verse uh, number 19, where it describes the faith of Abraham. And I, I wish this would describe my faith, where it says, and being not weak in faith. So we're enamored as Americans. I know some of you watching this or listening to this are from different countries, but here in America, we're enamored uh, with you know being strong and physically fit and people that go to the gym and and I'm all for that. I'm for physical fitness and and all of that. But much more important is the strength we have spiritually. And the Bible says about Abraham that he was not weak in faith. Watch this. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead. Remember God quickeneth the dead. So the Bible says Abraham's body was dead in the sense of being able to bear children. Uh, He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says that when God gave a promise, Abraham disregarded the circumstances that would argue against it. And I would say that as a principle, that is true in your life, 
that when God gives you a promise via his word, regardless of how far-fetched it seems, trust what God says. If God told you it's true, then believe what God says in spite of what the seeming circumstances tell. There's always the narrative of circumstances and the narrative of the Word of God, and we better put our faith in that, the Word of God. Look at verse uh, number 20, another statement about his faith. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He didn't stagger. How do we stagger at the promises of God? We stagger at the promises of God when we just don't take God at his word. We stagger by saying, yeah, but... Uh, well, this, and well, maybe I need to get a second opinion from, and that's staggering. To, to stagger, think about physically, staggering is, is you're, you're, you're almost falling. You're almost teetering over. You're, you're, you're not making progress. The Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith. See, that's the statement. He wasn't weak in faith. He was strong in faith, and I love this, giving Glory to God. So where was Abraham's confidence in God? Where was Abraham's confidence in what he knew about God? So he was giving glory to God. So I know that my God is powerful. I know that my God is true. I know that my God is faithful. I know that my God is omniscient. He can talk about things that are in the future. I know that my God is eternal. So what, where does Abraham come up with st- such strong faith? He comes up with strong faith, not mustering it up, not because Abraham was something special, but Abraham's faith was strong because it had a strong resource on which to rest. And the strong resource on which Abraham's faith rested was the resource of the very glory of God. That for which God is known, his faithfulness and omnipotence and his eternality, his omniscience and his power and all of it. Look at verse number 21. And being fully persuaded, that sounds like strong faith to me, and being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was able also to perform. So Abraham was persuaded that God's promise was something that God could perform. God didn't just say something that he couldn't do. God never just wastes words. So Abraham said, I know that God can do what he said he will do. Therefore, I trust him. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, here it is. We go all the way full circle to the beginning of the chapter. And therefore, it, what? The faith, it was imputed to him for righteousness. God credited righteousness to Abraham, not because Abraham worked for it, not because he deserved it, but because he simply believed the promise that God gave him. He put his faith and trust in that word of God. Verse number 23. Now, here's the application and here's the conclusion to the chapter. And the conclusion is, wow, that's great for Abraham, right? That's a wonderful story about Abraham, and wow, what an example he is. But what does the word example imply? The word example implies that this story is in the Bible for our learning. That's what Romans 15 and verse 4 teaches. 
that God is using Paul to reference this so you and I can draw encouragement from it. So what is the application to you? What is the application to me in these verses? Well, look at verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Hey, listen, the same kind of of benefit, imputed righteousness that Abraham received, we can believe. How? If we believe the promise. What's the promise? That Jesus Christ died and that God raised him from the dead. What's that? That's the gospel, the death, the, the implied burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus. So imputed righteousness is what we receive when we believe the gospel. That's why the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, whether you be a Jew or a Gentile. Look at verse number 25 in closing. Talking about Jesus, he was delivered for our offenses. Now, he died not for himself, but for our trespasses, what we did wrong, the way we offended the law and the righteous character of God. He was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification, that declaration of righteousness because of our faith in Jesus Christ. You ought to memorize that verse. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You know, that's a quotation from Isaiah chapter 53. So there's yet another Old Testament example. Abraham, David, Isaiah, it's all there. It's the story of the Bible. The gospel message is not just their message. It's our message to do. It's our message too. Now, the gospel has a whole lot more to do just with that than just with saving us in justification. We're going to go into a whole new branch here in just a couple episodes, and we're going to see the gospel has power in your life every single day. Stay around for that. God bless you today, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.